you'll turn with me in your Bibles again to Mark chapter 4, and we've spent a good bit of time in Mark 4 already, and we're going to spend some time yet in this chapter. I'm in no hurry. We can get as far as we can and try to give sufficient attention to each text to which we come as we go through the Gospel of Mark. We are in chapter 4. This morning we'll be looking at verses 24 and 25. Mark chapter 4. 24 and 25. Again, as we read, let's remember, this is God's holy and inspired word. Then he, that is Jesus, was saying to them, Take care what you listen to. By your standard of measure, it will measure to you, and more will be given besides. For whoever has, to him more shall be given. And whoever does not have, even what he does have, shall be taken away from him. That is God's word again. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you so much for uh, another opportunity to be with your people around your word. We know that uh, this all has a purpose. And the purpose is for you to accomplish your will in our lives, to teach us your way, to show us how you'd have us to live. Father, we want that. And so we pray again that the Holy Spirit would be our teacher, that you would enable him to enable us to see and understand, to grasp and apply the truth of your holy word. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I guess my question to start with this morning is, how do you set priorities? Most of us, I would imagine, have some sort of to-do list each day. It may not be one that's written down on paper or uh, but you have at least some sort of to-do list in your mind. Well, how do you prioritize that list? How do you decide what you should do first? How do you make a distinction between one task and another? Well, we prioritize by what we consider to be important, don't we? Usually, you'll do the most important things first and then work your way down the list to those things that are not quite so important. Well, that's the way it's supposed to work. We run into problems, don't we? When we do not focus on what really is important. And you know, sometimes we don't. For whatever reason, sometimes we spend our time piddling with things that really don't matter and omit the things that are most important and should have the focus of our attention. We describe people like that as people who major on the minors. But let's be honest, we've all done that, haven't we? I have to be more honest. We all do that, don't we? Sometimes the important things are the hard things. Sometimes the important things are the things that take hard work and effort. Sometimes the important things are what we really don't want to do. And that's why it's important to live by priorities and not by preference. You know, if I only did what I prefer, I would never get around to much of what is really important. 
That's why you need to consider every day what is really important, what should really be first. We sang about that, didn't we? Mentioned it again in my prayer. What is most important for a believer? You seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and what that entails. Well, that should guide us as we try in our daily lives to determine what is most important for us and what should receive the most of our attention. How do you determine the priorities for your life and the things that are most important to you? Well, it's one thing to determine those in terms of your own daily life. You know, when I'm at work, my priorities are pretty easy to set. If there's someone in, a, in the hospital, that's always a priority. If there's a sermon to be prepared, uh, that's a priority. If there's a Bible study to be done, like I'm doing on Wednesday nights now, that's always a priority. When I'm at home, all I have to do is walk outside. I can see what my priorities are in terms of trimming bushes or raking leaves or in the spring and summer mowing grass, whatever it might be. It's easy to determine your priorities and what ought to be important. And the same is true in regard to our spiritual lives. As you live your life of Christ each day, you should determine what it is that's most important. You consider should consider your spiritual priorities. Because even in your spiritual life, you ought to live by priorities and not by preference. Well, how do you determine those spiritual priorities? How do you determine what they are? You find them in the Bible, don't you? You know, the Word of God sets the priorities for the child of God. This book is, in a sense, your spiritual to-do list. If you want to know what it is that's important in your life, here's where you find the answer to that question. God himself tells you what is important. He describes for you what should be a priority to you. And that's what I think we find in our text this morning. It's a short list, just two things in these two verses. But I think two things Jesus tells us that are very important for us should be priorities to us as we live our lives before him. Just two. And the first is the importance of listening. It's very interesting to do a word study of hearing or listening in the Bible. To see how many times the Bible stresses the importance of hearing, of listening, of paying close attention to what God says. You know, James 1.19 sums it up where James says that we should be quick to hear, quick to hear, and slow to speak. That's what some people say, you know, God gave us two ears and one tongue. We ought to listen twice as much as we speak. Well, here in our text, Jesus is in stressing the importance of of listening. Now we saw that last week back in verse 23 where Jesus talked about how important it is that we hear that we hear what God's word says to us. Remember he said in verse 23, if anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. He said the same thing back in verse 9 of this chapter. And he was saying, he who has ears to hear, 
Let him hear. This is something Jesus said several times. And and anytime the Bible repeats something, especially anytime Jesus repeats something, we ought to take special note of that. It's something that is important. It's something that ought to be high on your spiritual to-do list. If God has given you ears to hear, then you hear. You listen to what God says. But Jesus makes it clear in our text. It's not just important that we hear. It's also important what we hear. Jesus says in verse 24, take care. Take care what you listen to. You know, there's an old Bible school song. I know I refer to old Bible school songs a lot. Isn't it amazing how things we learn as children stay with us all our lives? But you know that old song. We'll be careful, little ears, what you hear. It's exactly what Jesus is saying in our text, isn't it? Take care what you listen to. It's so important because what you hear has such a bearing on what you are. You know, there's so many things that compete for our listening attention, aren't there? And we hear so many things every day that are anti-Christ, that are contrary to what he wants us to be and what he wants us to think and how he wants us to live. Just consider for a moment everything you hear on a daily basis whether it be on the radio, talk or music, whether it be on the TV, the shows that you watch, whether it be movies that you choose to see, whether it be just informal conversation with your friends or conversation that you hear around you at work, There are a lot of things that each one of us hears every day that are not uplifting, not edifying, and do not encourage you in your spiritual life. Paul says in Ephesians 4, in setting the guidelines for what we say, he said this, let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only such a word as is good for edification, for your building up according to the need of the moment that it may give grace to those who hear. Now, I would say that's a pretty good guideline, not just for what we are to say, but also to what we are to hear, that to which we are to listen. Things that are edifying, things that are wholesome, things that encourage and build up, and things that are filled with grace. You know, there's a lot in casual conversation that we ought not to allow our ears to hear as well. Gossip, bad reports about other people, unsavory language, off-color jokes, All are contrary to what the Bible says God wants us 
to hear. But, you know, it's not just things on TV and in the radio and movies and casual conversation that you need to be careful about. You need to be careful about what you listen to regarding the scriptures also. There's a lot of false teaching floating around in many quarters today. Differing views of the Bible, different interpretations of what God says, different ideas of who God is, different concepts of what it is to be a Christian, different notions of how to please God, different perceptions of what is right or wrong, what is moral or immoral, what is true or what is false. And therefore, you need to expose yourself, folks, to good, solid, Bible-based teaching. And you need to be discriminatory in what you listen to and make sure that what you listen to is from the Scriptures and from the Word and not from man's ideas or what man wants God to say in His Word. You can find Bible teachers who will teach all kinds of things today. You can find so-called Bible teachers who condone abortion, who would allow for same-sex marriage, who tolerate the excessive use of alcohol, who condone leaving a marriage just because you're unhappy, who permit language that you and I would find to be offensive. You can find Bible teachers who put man in a position over God, who deny the sovereignty of God over life and salvation, who make God nothing more than an apparent casual observer to what transpires in the world around us. You, you can find Bible teachers who distort the basic messages of the gospel, who say there's more than one way to God, more ways to God than only through faith in Jesus Christ who say you can earn your salvation by your works, that you can merit God's favor and satisfy God's requirements by your own efforts. You can find Bible teachers who try to remove everything supernatural from this book, who take away anything that smacks of the miraculous, such as creation by divine fiat, a universal flood, the day the sun stood still, parting the Red Sea, virgin birth of Christ, and even his resurrection from the dead. You can find people, folks today, who will say almost anything and claim that it's from the Bible. That's why Jesus says, take care. Take care. What you listen to. Look, it was important for those to whom Jesus was speaking then. He didn't just say that for those of us living in this day to day. Look, there were people even then opposing what Jesus said. Who denied the reality that he was the son of God. Who claimed, even his own family claimed, that there was something wrong with him mentally who said that he was possessed by a demon, 
who rejected the things that Jesus said. And so Jesus told them then and there, you take care what you listen to. It is important. It is so important to be careful, little ears, what you hear. You make sure you expose your ears to things that are from the truth and that are encouraging, edifying, uplifting, that point you to Christ and to godliness instead of pulling you away from it. That's the first important thing we find in our text, the importance of listening. The second priority, I think, the second important thing here in our text It's not just the importance of listening, but the importance of doing. That point really is here more by inference than by a directive. We'll unfold that just a little bit. You know, James says in his epistle that we are not only to be hearers of the word, but we're to be doers of it. Jesus moves from, in our text from stressing what we hear to talking about the way our lives are measured. The measuring rod of our lives is the fruit that we bear, the good works that we do, the obedience that we show. Now, let me make it clear. Y'all listen to me. That is not how we come to salvation But the Bible is clear. That is how we show our salvation. Good works are not the means by which we are saved. But you can't be saved and have no good works. Now, verses 24 and 25 are somewhat difficult to understand. Kind of hard for me anyway to get my mind around what Jesus is teaching here. He says in verse 24, by your standard of measure... It will be measured to you. It's kind of odd, isn't it? By the way that we measure others, it will be measured to us. Well, what is our standard of measure? Isn't it that we reap what we sow? That you get out of something in direct proportion to what you put into it? Isn't it that those who work the hardest get the greatest reward? God, in some ways, operates on the same standard of measure. We saw back in Romans 2, when we looked at Romans 2 a couple of weeks ago, that we'll be judged according to our deeds and what we've done in the body. God judges us according to our works. James says, I will show you my faith. How? I'll show you my faith by my works. Now, again, faith is subjective. Works are objective. How do we see the reality of saving faith if it's not by the fruit or the works that faith produces? And that's why the Bible says when God judges us, he judges us according to our works, according to what we have done, the deeds we performed in the body. Because what we do manifests the reality of our faith. James says a faith 
without works is dead. It's no faith. And therefore, it's important that we not just be hearers of the word. We be fascinated by great teaching, that we accumulate great amounts of knowledge, that we become doctrinal experts, but that we do what the Bible says. We live the way the Bible prescribes. The Bible says, by your standard of measure, it will be measured to you. But God doesn't stop there. He goes on to say the verse into verse 24, and more will be given you besides. Look, that's the wonder of grace, isn't it? God blesses us beyond measure. God is able to do exceeding abundantly beyond what we ever dared hope for or expect. God blesses us far beyond anything we would merit or deserve or earn. And if anyone's life is a testimony to that fact, it is my life. The blessings I've enjoyed in my life far exceed anything, anything that I might have done to earn or merit such blessings, such joys. God not only measures according to our standard of measure, but he does far more besides And all of us in our lives, if we're honest, are a testimony to that fact, aren't we? That God gives us so much more. I'm like David, who said in Psalm 23, my cup runneth over. My cup runneth over. God's blessings are abundant. Now, verse 25 is countercultural today. On the surface, it just doesn't seem right. Jesus says, for whoever has to him, more shall be given. And whoever does not have even what he does have, or even what he has, shall be taken away from him. You know, we live in a day where the hue and cry is what? Take from those who have, give to those who don't. Jesus says just the opposite. To those who have, more will be given. To those who don't have, even what they do have, will be taken away. What is Jesus saying? What is he talking about us having or not having? It is, I think, in the context of Mark 4, faith. Saving faith. A faith that is manifested by our fruit and by the works that faith produces. And Jesus says, to the one who has, to the one who has faith, who lives by that faith, who shows that faith, more will be added to him. Blessings will be bestowed upon him. But if someone professes faith and does not have the manifest works or fruit. Even what he does have will be taken away. 
something back to the parable of the sower. That's the context of this saying here. Jesus is teaching his disciples after proclaiming the parable of the sower. Remember this, this, this the seed sown on the, 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 the uh, rocky soil? Went and sprouted up, gave all kinds of promise. But then when the sun beat down on it, it withered and it disappeared. It did not last. The seed sown in the, among the thorns, it couldn't, couldn't produce. It couldn't bear fruit because it was choked out by the, by the thorny bushes. It did not last. Those with a temporary faith who were caught up in the emotions of some spiritual experience but don't have root, even what they have will be taken away. Those who make a, on, the, on the cuff a, a commitment to Christ but then are surrounded by the things of this world and the things of this world choke out any hint of spirituality or faith, even what they do have. Whether it be fellowship with God's people or exposure to the truth, whatever it might be, will be taken away from them. I want to conclude this morning by three points of application from these two verses. One is that there's a close link between listening to God and obeying God. Look, that is true throughout the Bible. It's particularly true in the book of Deuteronomy. Remember, the book of Deuteronomy is basically Moses' exposition to the children of Israel before they crossed the Jordan and entered into the promised land. And over and over again, Moses told them, you listen, you hear. But it wasn't just listen. He said, you listen and obey. Listen to God's word and do it. Listen obediently to his commandments. Listen to his commandments and obey them carefully. What does that mean? It means we are, again, not just to listen to learn. And we're in a segment of the church that needs to hear that. Folks, we are. We pride ourselves on being smart people. Those of us in the Reformed camp pride ourselves on our theology. We might not all agree with it, but we're proud of it. Aren't we? But we need to be careful that we don't listen just to learn. But that we listen to obey that we're careful to hear God's word and do it and live by it. The second application is sometimes the hardest things to hear are the most important things to hear. Let me say that another way. Sometimes the things I want to hear the least are exactly the things I need to hear the most. 
And those are usually the words of admonition, words of rebuke, words of correction, words of instruction. You know, we like to hear the positive things, don't we? We all like to be stroked. We all like to be complimented. We like the pats on the back. We all need them. They're very important. We need to be encouraged. But we need to hear people tell us, you know, that's not the right thing to do. That's not the right way to act. That's not the right way to speak. That's not the right priority you ought to have in your life. That's not the right example for you to set up your children. Now, sometimes, sometimes, those words of correction and rebuke and instruction come from the people closest to us who know us the best. And sometimes it's the hardest to take that from them. But we need to hear when God speaks through other people as well as through his word, correcting us, admonishing us, instructing us. Turn with me to the book of Proverbs for a second. Just a few verses from the book of Proverbs. Start in chapter 8. Verse 33, heed instruction and be wise and do not neglect it. Go to chapter 12 and verse 15. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man is he who listens to counsel. Over to chapter 19. Verse 20, listen to counsel and accept discipline that you may be wise the rest of your days and then flip over to the book of Ecclesiastes. Chapter 7 and verse 5, it is better to listen to the rebuke of a wise man than for one to listen to the song of fools. Many times hearing that counsel or that instruction or that discipline or that rebuke is no fun, but it's very helpful. Then the third application is you can't listen and talk at the same time. Some of us are so busy talking, we don't have time to listen. That's why God said, it's interesting, God said through Moses in Deuteronomy, he told his people, be silent and what? Be silent and listen. You know, some people who are just afraid of silence. You ever been around somebody like that? As soon as it, the conversation lulls, it gets quiet, they're going to find something to say. Because they're afraid of the silence. 
Folks, it's in the silence, in the quiet moments. God's able to speak most clearly to us. So be still before the Lord. Come to his word in silence. Don't speak back to it. Don't argue with it. Don't try to figure out what it's saying theologically all the time. Just let it speak to you and to your heart to instruct you, to rebuke you, to counsel you, to guide you, to encourage you, to bless you, to show you the way of Christ. What's important? What should be our priorities? Oh, there are lots of them. The Bible gives us lots of them. We've just seen two today. Be careful that you hear and be careful what you hear. But more important, be careful you follow through on what you hear. You do what the Bible says. It's interesting to me at Jesus' baptism. Remember what Jesus, God said when he spoke from heaven about his son? This is my beloved son. Listen. Listen to him. The more you do that, the more your life will be blessed and the more your life will be a blessing to others. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you so much for the truth of your word. And I pray today for all of us as we set our daily priorities that we would set them spiritually. We might hold these two before us as great importance to hear what you say and to do it. Give us grace to that end, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.